Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we continue with our birth stories for the summer series. Last summer, while sharing her birth stories, Chantal Shellstead surprised us all by telling us that she was pregnant again. So, she's back today to tell the tale of how she went from a cesarean to a VBAC and to a home water birth. Because, as she says, she likes to challenge herself. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by Aeroflow Breast Pumps, a durable medical equipment provider specializing in helping moms receive maximum coverage and reimbursement for a breast pump through insurance. Let Aeroflow take the hassle out of getting the pump that's right for you. Learn more at aeroflowbreastpumps.com birthful. This episode of Birthful is also brought to you by Expectful, an evidence-based guided meditation app created specifically for those trying to conceive, pregnant, or new moms. Reduce your stress, reduce your complications, and improve your connection to your baby and partner. Learn more and sign up for a free two-week trial at expectful.com slash birthful. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, Mighty Mamas and Mamas-to-be and Mighty Dads and Dads-to-be. Thank you, as always, for all the love you give the show, the messages you sent me, your support on Patreon.com, telling your friends about the show. I truly love it and appreciate it all. And if you haven't done it yet, please consider leaving a review in iTunes, even if that's not how you usually listen to the podcast, because it really, really, really does help. Thank you so, so much. All right. Also, a quick reminder about some fabulous resources for you. On my website, I have a postpartum preparation plan that you can download for free to help you in planning for all that's to come. And we also have a birthful Facebook group where you can connect with other mighty parents to share all that you're going through. So the free postpartum plan is at birthful.com. And you can find the Facebook group through the birthful Facebook page at facebook.com slash birthful. And while you're there, why don't you just give a like to that page as well. <laughs> all right. So on to today's stories. If you've been gobbling up all the past episodes and you heard the birth stories for the summer series from last year, then you may recognize Chantal Shellstad's name. Chantal was here last year sharing her cesarean and VBAC stories and then blew all of our minds by telling us that she was pregnant again. I asked her to come back for this summer and to tell us how the new pregnancy and birth had gone, right? And here she is. Chantal, welcome. It is so great to have you back. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. So last time we spoke, last summer, um, you were telling us the story of your first two, well, your first two births. And I'm going to have you tell us a little bit, like do the, the I'm going to have you recount a little bit of okay. those two stories as we lead into this third one. Because when we spoke, you were pregnant um, with this third. So it seemed yeah. only logical to have you back. Yeah, that was, oh, that was, that was a year ago. I can't even, it's been a long year, a fast year though. Yeah, um, and you've moved. So, okay, so who are you? <laughs> okay, um, I'm Chantel. Um, I am a Army wife. Um, my husband's a pilot in the Army, and so we've had we're we have three kids now, and they are all born in three different places. Uh, my daughter was born in Hawaii. My son was born in Korea, which is um, the one I kind of talked about last time, 
And my newest son was born here in Texas, where we live now. Um, and we moved from Korea when I was about oh, 25 weeks pregnant with my third baby. So we had um, two conceived in Korea. We were there for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and now we're here in Texas. Been here for almost seven months, six, seven months, and uh, really enjoying it. Cool. Now, yeah. with the move to Texas, do you have any family there, or was it just moving to, once you've got, you know, you'd been in Korea for three years, so you kind of gotten used to that and the lay of the land in terms of the birth center and where mm-hmm. you were going to give birth, and then was it really, was that part a little bit of shock going into Texas? Well, we knew we were moving, um, that we would be moving in December. Uh, we didn't know exactly where. We had an idea. Uh, they told us in the summer that we'd be going to Texas. And as I mean, it's a big change from Korea, um, especially being there for three years. But we're originally from Colorado, and it's not too much different here than it is in Colorado. Just a little more humid, mm-hmm. a little more, a little more green, um, and hotter. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we. Um, we did. We knew we were moving, and then that's when I found out we were pregnant. And so I started looking up the birth community here because I'm a doula, and I worked as a doula in Korea. And so I kind of knew exactly what I needed to do to find a provider. I uh, knew how I wanted my third birth to go because this was going to be our last baby. So I wanted to set it up for success this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, so let's get more into that. Tell us about your first birth, because you're talking about this third one setting up for success. So I can hear some expectations of how you wanted it to go and not necessarily, you know, the first two not meeting those. So where was your head at for the first one and how did that go? All right. Well, the first one, she was born in Hawaii. We were stationed there. Um, I When I first got pregnant, I was all about getting an epidural. And just doing it that way, like why, why deal with that? My husband was actually the one who planted the seed to have a natural birth. Um, surprisingly, <laughs> um, I started looking into it. And I was like, you know what? I I want to do that. I want to have a uh, all natural birth, low intervention, no drugs. That's that's what I want to try to do. Uh, but we found out at 39 weeks with her that she was breech, um, and we. We're, we're pretty devastated about that because we both wanted a natural birth. Um, so we, well, the doctors wanted us to schedule a C-section, but we decided to wait because we knew that babies could turn um, and we wanted to try some other ways to see if she could turn. So we went to the chiropractor. We were going to the acupuncturist. We were, I was, I was doing handstands in a pool. I was doing, I was doing everything I could to try to get the, this little baby to turn. Uh, but she was, I mean, True to her personality, she's just stubborn and <laughs> decided to, she was comfortable how she was. And she she had her, her head up in my right rib. She actually had one foot down and one foot up. Um, awesome. I'm a footling, footling yeah. breach, yeah. Partial footling breach. And um, I, I was a believer that, you know, they were in that position for a reason. Um, so it was upsetting, but I went into labor the day after my due date. And knew that, you know, she was still breached, so we would be having a C-section. So when I went to the hospital, um, I mean, I kind of puttered around the house for all day and then decided, all right, we better just go and get this over with. Um, So she was born two days after her due date um, in the morning, early, like right after midnight. Um, And, yeah, she had one foot up, 
her leg was all stuck up for a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, but she was used healthy and and happy. And uh, I had, I mean, I had a picture perfect C-section. I mean, if you're gonna right, you know, it was, it was great recovery for a C-section. Except, I mean, it was hard on me. It was very hard emotionally, physically. I couldn't breathe. Um, I just. And, you know, I was taking care of a baby who wouldn't sleep, who cried all the time, who, you know, I had to learn how to breastfeed. It's just, it was, it's kind of a shock to my system, that whole, that whole process, you well, know. Well, and as it is for anybody, yeah. regardless of what method of birth, right? Yes. Um And, and if I remember right, you also had some, some postpartum anxiety, I think, afterwards? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, postpartum anxiety, a little bit of postpartum depression. Um, though I have a history of anxiety. So what I was experiencing, I didn't know was not normal. The thoughts I was going through my head and how I was feeling. Mm. Um, I thought it was just what happened. And it actually took me almost two years to realize like, oh my goodness, this is what's wrong with me. Like, (laughs) this is how, what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling is not how I should be feeling. Um, and so really I, I was terrified to have another baby. She was a lot of work for me. She still is, but it's a little bit easier when she's five. But she's she's a a lot of work for me, and I was dealing with my own problems and trying to take care of this really spirited, lively little girl who's very busy. Um, And I was like, I can't have another baby. This is what if what if I end up having another C-section? What if I Mm. what if I have another really busy baby and I'm trying to chase two of them? And it took it until she was about two and a half for me to be like, all right, I I do want more kids, so I'm just going to do this, but I'm going to make sure my birth is, I'm going to make sure I do this right. And so for my son, I got pregnant um, just after she was two and a half, um, and I knew, all right, I'm going to have a V-back. This is, there's no question about it. I'm, you know, I'm going to do this all natural. I want to feel everything. And so we were in Korea then. And I, as a doula, I knew kind of the birth community. So even before I got pregnant, because he was, he, we were planning for him, we were trying for him. So I knew, like, as soon as I got pregnant, this is the OB at, I was going to have. This is the birth center I'm going to go to. And this is the doula that's going to be with me. Um, Which and, is a huge part. Like, setting up your team is yes. is so important. So, yeah. 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 Yep. And I was, and I, you know, I had been, I had witnessed this OB at the birth center, um, deliver a breech baby so I was like you know what if this baby ends up being breached like his sister then I'm gonna do this you know <laughs> I'm not having a c-section unless it I really have to you know mm-hmm. it was gonna be the last resort and um I was I was very happy with that and I was kind of a little bit obsessive during his birth or uh, during his um pregnancy that I would do inversions to try to keep the baby in the right position. I'd be doing all sorts of exercises to make sure that I was in a proper alignment and trying to keep this baby head down. I was a little, little obsessive about it. Um, right. You were doing the spinning babies daily yeah. essentials, I think, also. Yes, the stretches. It was actually really nice because it helped with my back pain um, and it gave me something to focus on. I would do the stretches every night um, and then do some um, – forward leaning inversions a few times during the day mm-hmm. and uh I, I made sure I ate super healthy I I exercised I just I tried to keep my mind in a good mental place because I knew that was kind of part of it as well and uh I just 
I really focused during that pregnancy. And um, I think it turned out well because he was, he was head down the whole, like from, man, from I was like 22 weeks, he stayed head down, which was awesome. Yay. But him, he was um, ROT, so that's right occipitate, oh, occipit, sorry. Occipitate. Um, yeah. Thank you. And uh, um, occiput. There you go. <laughs> thank you. Goodness, I can't talk. Um, so anyway, he had his his back to the right side, and mm-hmm. you know, you know that typically you want the baby's back to the left side. Um, that's the more ideal position. And so when I went, to, so he stuck around a little bit. I, I swore I'd go early with him, um, but then his due date came, and it passed, and. It, more days passed, and, passed. and I went into labor a week after my due date with him. That's and, such a mind game, too. Oh, it is. Yeah. I shouldn't have thought he would come early. I don't know. I just, I thought my intuition was telling me he'd be early, and he wasn't. And so, so I was really grumpy that last week. <laughs> but, uh, so I went into labor a week after my due date with him, and I was, I was excited. I was like, this is it. This is, I'm feeling good. This baby's going to come out. So we sent our daughter off to a friend's house and we, you know, we walked and we did some exercises, but contractions were still just eight to 10 minutes apart all day into the night. And then the next day, eight to 10 minutes apart, they weren't like super strong or painful. They were just, they're just going eight to 10 minutes apart all day. So that was Friday and then Saturday. And by Saturday night, I was like, this baby's never coming. So I slept, I slept terribly, woke up on Sunday, same thing, <laughs> nothing was happening. Mm. Um, I told my husband, go get our daughter, let's, let's hang out as a family, this baby's never coming out, so we might as well, might as well hang out. Um, but by uh, lunchtime, the contractions started picking up and started getting stronger, so I made him bring my daughter back to our friend's house, um, and right around... 1.30, it really started picking up on that Sunday. And I was like, we need to go. Like, this is, I'm really feeling it now. Um, and when we, get, we got to the birth center at 3.45. And I was having to stop, to breathe, to really focus on the contractions. Um, and my doula met us there. We did some more spinning babies exercises, some rebozo sh- uh, sifting um, to because we knew he was still kind of tur- trying to turn. That's why I was in labor so long. He was trying to turn to get in the right position. So we ended up kind of posterior for a bit. Um, and he was turning. But as soon as he kind of popped in the right position, it's I dilated fully and was pushing almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just at the birth center for three hours. So really the whole labor, my active labor with him was about five hours. We got to the birth center at 345. He was born at 645. Um, and he was two pounds heavier than my daughter. He had the cord around his neck three times. He was, <laughs> he was uh, four inches longer than her. He was just, we were surprised. <laughs> in Korea, most Korean babies are a little smaller. Right. So the doctor thought it was hilarious how big this baby was. Mm. And he really wasn't that big. He was just less than nine pounds. So he really, he was a good, normal size. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I find that... It's so I've seen I've started to see this more and more and it's it's inter- I think it's important to tell people that the whole you know labors maybe early labor taking a long time and not mm-hmm. quite getting there and it's like you got to 
something needs to happen either physically or mentally like you commit to it or baby gets in the right place or whatever like all that sort of puttering and starts and stops and doesn't it but then when it gets going once everything's in place yeah it does tend to move quicker yeah yeah I agree totally in retrospect with her I think there's two problems is one I was I was actually really anxious that my daughter wasn't with us and so when my husband got her on that Sunday morning, um, I think it really helped me have a little peace of mind. And I was like, okay, now now my baby can come. Um, and also because he was trying to shift into the right position. So it's it both of us working together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, with him, I pushed for an hour, and which felt like forever, but it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and I, I gave birth to him. Yeah. vaginally which was awesome it was a very empowering you know having a v-back after a c-section showing people that you can do it even with a bigger baby it's it's possible mm-hmm. and you know what I, you mentioning just now about feeling anxious yet your daughter wasn't with you and that you kind mm-hmm. of wanted her back um i actually got a message from a listener not that long ago saying that that part of of having your baby with you or without like your other child right with you Mm -hmm. or without you like how that could affect it really stuck with her and she was having sort of the opposite thing her kid was around and labor wasn't starting wasn't starting wasn't starting and she's like "Uh," she remembered you saying that and then was like I need to send my kid away like (laughs) you know just a shift from one place to the other but basically your idea but in reverse is what was going to work for her and when her child was you know all taken care of in a place where she didn't have to worry about then yeah Yeah. her labor took off that's awesome yeah 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 Yeah. so that really stuck with her yeah oh I'm glad I'm glad it works and yeah it really shows that you just gotta you gotta take care of your family whichever way that works Mm -hmm. for you you know for me, it was well, I had to have my daughter there at least for a few hours. Um, and she was well taken care of at her friend's house and having an awesome time. But I guess mentally, I just needed her. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it and, worked out. And that, like, we don't think that our minds can interfere with our births, but they can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So really surprisingly, <laughs> more than more than most people think, I think. For sure. So oh. I'm going to I am going to ask you how your mind was before, um, you know, when you were in this third pregnancy. But before we get into that, your third story, hmm. let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Are you dreading the process of figuring out insurance coverage for your breast pump? Let Aeroflow Breast Pumps take care of it for you. They have a team of breast pump specialists who are super familiar with all the details of what is covered by insurance and are ready to answer your questions. Yes, you will be able to speak to a real live person dedicated to sorting this out for you. Aeroflow has been serving patients, building relationships with health insurance companies, and providing medical supplies for more than a decade, which is to say they know exactly what they're doing. I was looking through the reviews on their website and was quite impressed. They have over 4,000 reviews and still get an average of 5 stars. How about I read you one of those from a verified buyer? She says, I was so surprised to get a personal phone call the same day I requested to qualify for a pump. They followed up again with me closer to my due date with a phone call and an email. I received my pump just days after I forwarded them a copy of my license and prescription. 
They also provide FedEx tracking information. This is a great company that makes this process quick, simple, and feel very personal. Learn more at aeroflowbreastpumps.com slash birthful. And don't forget to add the slash birthful part so they know who got you there. And we're back speaking to Chantal about her birth stories. And so fast yeah. forward, uh-huh. you are pregnant once again. And you and you were pregnant when you were talking to us about your other story, you know, when you were last summer on the show. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, found it was about nine weeks or so. Not too, not too far along. Yeah, it was like a surprise for for me. As, as I think you like told it to, or shared it while we were recording, not before. Yeah. So I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess I did, huh? Well. Which is great. It's fantastic. So, okay, so how have the has the last year? How did it go? Like, where was your mindset? And you were still at that point living in Korea, but knowing you were going to move back to the states. Yes. So this pregnancy was. Uh, it was so hands off that a lot of the time I was surprised by my growing belly because we were so I found I was pregnant in the summer we had a a trip one last trip we went to Japan for a little bit with the kids Um, we were ready getting ready for a move which meant selling things packing things uh, making arrangements you know making we making trip plans what are we going to do I'll have our timeline Plus, in the middle of that, I had to find a uh, midwife because I knew that we wanted to have a home birth. We had always wanted a home birth. Um, it didn't work with my daughter because she was breech, um, and I just wasn't comfortable as a first-time mom. Um, I didn't do it with my son because uh, we were in Korea. I just wasn't comfortable there. But I knew, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to have a home birth. This is our last baby. We are, we're going to do this. So I was uh, inter- there's only a few midwives around here, so it was easier to narrow it down. Um, then I end up interviewing our midwife over Skype, and which was kind of fun. We we did a video chat in our living room. Um, it was morning time in Korea, nighttime there, mm-hmm. and uh, we got to talk to her just about just get a good feel for her, learn about her protocols. Um, it was awesome because she had had a V back herself, so she kind of knew where that was coming from. Um, and she was also comfortable delivering breach, which was one of my requirements. Because again, if I had another breach baby, I was going to do this instead of having a C-section. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she fit all the requirements. She was super hands-off. That's what I wanted. I didn't want somebody touching me too much. I just wanted to do my thing and have somebody there in case I needed somebody there. Um, and she was great. And so we booked her. And so I kept in co- communication with her while in the first part of my pregnancy. Um, cause it was up until I think 25 weeks when we moved. Um, and I, during that time I was having regular visits at the birth center. They were keeping track, making sure everything was growing and progressing properly. Um, so yeah, I was so hands on other than those appointments, I would I'd be. I'd have to look at my phone to see how many weeks I was, because we were because we were so busy. I was. Uh, what am I at right now? I'm 16 weeks. They're like, oh, my pants aren't fitting. Why? Oh yeah, because I'm. You know, I'm pregnant. I keep forgetting that I <laughs> that this stuff was happening. Um, and so, uh, we for this pregnancy, so we decided to have a home birth, and we decided not to find out the uh, sex of the baby. Um, just. We already had a boy and girl, so buying clothes really didn't matter. We had all the baby gear. 
we and the stuff that we needed, we could just get gender neutral and we decided why not? Let's just do it this time. And so once we put our mind to it, it really wasn't that hard to wait. Um and and so I think can... a lot, yeah, a lot of people, the, one of the things that I, I, I find is if you want to know, you want to know because you want to plan. You want to have, you know, what clothes do I need? What yeah. not, And not have it all be green and, and yellow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you already had one of each. So, yeah. Yeah. There, there, I really didn't have a reason to find out. And I thought, I like challenging myself. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm more of an impatient person. But I was like, I can do this. I can wait. And it, was, it drove everyone crazy, which was, I think, more fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> they, everyone hated it because they wanted to know. But I was like, you got to wait till the baby's born. So we had our guesses. And uh, I, I had a very good feeling that it was a boy. Um, but I had been wrong with the other two. So I wasn't sure <laughs> in the end. But I, I, I had dreams that it was a boy. And so that was my guess. Um, See, so yeah, anyway, we had yeah. our anatomy but, scan. But yeah. Just before we were we started recording, you were telling me that your husband, yes, had a different yeah. experience. Yes. So we both wanted to be surprised. Um, so we had our anatomy scan, and we made sure not to look every time. You know, she was hovering over that area. Um, but I guess at the end of the ultrasound, I wasn't paying attention anymore, but the ultrasound tech wrote the sex of the baby on the screen and my husband was still looking at it. And so he saw what the sex of the baby was and he was, he was devastated because he wanted to be surprised and he almost didn't tell me that he knew, um, but I got it out of him. And he, um, I was like, oh, well, at first I said, you need to tell me. And he's like, no, I want you to be surprised. And so I got over it and I said, all right, yeah, you know, what? I'm going to be surprised. Who cares if he knows? And he kept that secret to himself. He was the only one who knew, except when the baby came out, my, <laughs> we were both surprised in the end because my husband thought it was a girl uh, and we ended up having a boy. So it was, it was actually pretty funny because the baby, I was holding our baby minutes after he was born and my husband asked, how is she doing? And I was like, I think it's a boy when he said she. I looked, I was like, no, it's a boy. <laughs> My husband was so surprised because I guess the ultrasound tech had wrote female on the screen. Um, uh, and poor yeah, guy. Know. I mean, he went through <laughs> all this having to keep that to himself and watch yeah. what he was saying and make sure it didn't slip out. And, and then it wasn't. And then it wasn't. So we were actually... I think it worked out well because if he had told me back when I had asked him to, I would have, I mean, I I'm probably would have bought girl stuff and it, yeah, so it worked out <laughs> well in the end. Uh, and, and then he got to be surprised too. Um, yeah. but yeah, so that was, that was pretty fun though. The only problem was I had him buy a baby book cause I wanted one, you know, to put the footprints in and he bought a girl one. Um, Right. Well, yeah. You know. <laughs> we actually, I, I had an, another one, so I just, I had them um, do it on the boy one. Okay. <laughs> it worked out okay, but it was, it was pretty funny. So uh, we were pretty happy with that, and I didn't tell anybody that until after the baby was born. Like hardly anybody knew that he knew what the baby was. Hmm. Now, 
fast forward to when you know you're towards the end of the pregnancy you're finally in the u.s finally things because i Mm -hmm. i was giggling inside when you said i like challenging myself i'm like no kidding you're like (laughs) pregnant with two other kids moving transit from korea to the u.s that like (laughs) yeah let's add another challenge yeah um yeah so uh yeah so how did you know you were in labor um, it actually started, felt exactly how it when I was in labor with the other two. I woke up, it was the day after my due date, um, and I woke up and I was like, I think I'm having uh, like some early contractions. Like they weren't very strong, but they felt different. You know, they were different from Braxton Hicks. They were just, they were different. So I just knew, like, all right. But I remembered from my experience with, um, my son that I was like, all right, I'm not going to even, I I might be in labor all weekend. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything different. I was like, I'm just going to ignore these right now. Um, and I kind of, I timed them a few times and I was like, all right, they're about eight minutes apart. All right, it's cool. So I went about my day. So that was the day, um, the new beauty and the beast came out and I wanted to bring my, I was like, if I'm still pregnant, I'm bringing my daughter to see that. And so we did. We went to the movie theater, me and my, my little girl. She is five now. Um, and when we went to a really nice movie theater with reclining seats. So I got to relax. And we're watching the movie. And I could still feel the contractions, but they aren't, like, super uncomfortable. But I am having to shift a little bit. Um, and then I got really tired during the movie. Uh, almost fell asleep tired. And that never happens to me during the day. And I was thinking, man, this must be something. I must be in labor because I'm, my body's trying to reserve that energy. Uh, but, you know, we, we <laughs> so we did the movie around lunchtime. We came home. We played around the house. Uh, I made dinner. <laughs> we actually, we were building a play area in our backyard. So I was, my mother-in-law was here to watch the kids during our home birth. So I was helping my mother-in-law, my husband, and and. Um, my kids too. We were all out there painting pieces of wood. I'm in labor, but I'm painting wood and uh, <laughs> helping them out uh, because it really wasn't so bad. And then I was I was still super tired, so we sat down after the kids went to bed to watch a show. And I was like, I think I might just I might go lay down because if I'm in labor, maybe we should I should like take a nap in case you know. Um, you think? Have, yeah. <laughs> But that morning, my husband, when I told him I was feeling some contractions, he's like, I'm going to blow up the birth pool just in case. And I was like, yeah, let's just, well, we can practice blowing it up at least. Like, you know, it's, it's not taking up any space. So, you know, we'll, we'll put it up. Uh, I was just so relaxed. Just like my whole pregnancy, I was so relaxed, just hands off, because I was so busy with everything else, with taking care of these kids, with setting up our house and everything, that I just didn't really have time to focus on the pregnancy. So, um yeah, by the time labor started, the same thing. I just, I'm not going to focus on it too much. Uh, I went to bed around, oh, I texted my midwife, said, I'm going to sleep, but, you know, I think I'm in labor, so just in case I call you in the middle of the night. She was like, all right. I went to bed around 9.30, um, but I could hardly sleep because I felt like they were getting a little stronger. Um, so I, my husband came to bed. He passes out, and <laughs> he's, he's dead asleep. And I got up around 11.00. So I only slept about an hour and a half, and I started pacing the house because I was like, all right, this, I think things are actually starting to happen. This, that's when I think I hit active labor. Um, I woke my husband up around 
11.30 and said, all right, they're like like five minutes apart. I was like, I'm still, I'm not having any issues. Like I'm kind of having to breathe through them a little bit, uh, but I'm able to talk. I was, you know, and as a doula, I'm trying to doula myself. Like what point of labor am I at? Mm. Um, but I was like, my midwife had to drive an hour to get here. So I, I told him, I don't know if we should call her because I don't know if I don't I don't want her to sit around my house all night, you know. And he's like, I'm just gonna call. We'll just call her. And so he he ended up calling the midwife, and she's like, All right, I'm gonna come. Especially once he told her like they're like four or five minutes apart, and she's like, All right, I'm gonna come because we had thought that maybe labor would be fast, especially once my I told her my active labor with my son was you know five hours. Um, we just thought maybe. Right. She didn't mind crashing on my couch all night if she had to. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad he called because – oh, and he started filling up the birth pool. That takes a while. Um, it do does it. take a while. <laughs> People need to know this. It takes a really long while. Yes. They were actually – they had – my mother-in-law woke up and was boiling water on the stove to put in the bath, in the pool as well as my husband filling up from the bathtub into the pool. <laughs> it was – um, yeah, so it, it, it takes like over an hour. My goodness. So he started filling that up and I'm kind of pacing and I was having to stop with contractions and breathe a little bit and move my hips and then I would stop and I would talk to him and we'd be joking. And, and uh, I think around, so that was 1130 to 1230 and around 1230, that's, and so it's right past midnight. Uh, that's when it really picked up and I was just, I, I had set up a pillow on our dresser and I basically just stayed there and I leaned on this pillow and I I breathed and my husband had a, uh, a hot pack on my back and I just vocalized and breathed and tried to catch my breath in between contractions and uh, I think the midwife got there around 12.45. It's kind of a blur at this point because I hit transition right around when she got here. Okay. Um. And I I knew she was here, but I wasn't really paying attention that much. They were just they were setting up everything. The birth pool finally was ready around one a.m. And they're like, "Do you want to get in?" I was like, "Yes, let's do this." And so I jumped in. And as soon as I got in that pool, I started pushing. Like my body just took over. And so I'm on my knees and I'm leaning over the edge of the birth tub, and I'm yelling. And I, I I'm surprised my children didn't wake up. Cause I felt like I was very loud, but my husband said I wasn't that bad, but, um, I was yelling and felt like my body was ripping apart because it was happening so fast. And I was telling him like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, <laughs> can we stop this? And, uh, my husband was so encouraging. I just, I held on to him. Um, and I only pushed for 10 minutes and my baby came out and he was born at 1 11 a.m on uh, March 18th mm-hmm. yeah and so as like his head came out and I said to everyone I was like who's gonna catch him I remember saying that who's gonna grab him and they're like you are <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, that was crazy but I you know I pushed him on the next contraction and I grabbed him and I leaned back on the um the, against the birth tub and he was screaming because you know he had just been born and it was so fast and I was kind of in shock as well uh, and he felt so tiny. You know, when you have older kids, your new babies just, they feel so tiny. 
Uh, and your older kids feel like giants afterwards. And uh, he was 7 pounds, 12 ounces. He's, you know, normal-sized baby. And uh, 20 inches and head full of, uh, full of hair. And uh, he looked a lot like my daughter. Um, and with him, so we don't name our babies until we see them. And we had gone into the birth with two girl names and two boy names. And so once you narrowed down that it was a boy, uh, I thought it was going to be the other name. But as soon as I looked at him, I was like, nope, his name is Jack. So that's what we named him. Um, the other two took forever to name. But Jack was Jack was easy. I just I looked at him and it was I could just tell that was his name. And yeah, and that's how he was born. So I got a water birth at home with my family. It was great. My kids slept for another five hours after he was born. <laughs> they woke up and my daughter was so surprised that there was a baby. She was she <laughs> loves her little baby brothers. Uh, she was she was so happy. And I was I got to just get out of the birth pool and go lay down on my own bed. And I stayed there pretty much all day um, with my baby, with people bringing me food. It was, it was heavenly. They just, my mother-in-law asked me, well, do you want to eat? And I was like, some strawberries sounds nice. And I had some. She got me a glass of orange juice. Um, it, was, it was so nice. I, I can't recommend home birth enough. If you can do it, I would do it. Because not having to go to, drive to a hospital when you're in labor and then being a different hospital bed you know and have people checking on you all night uh it's it's really nice to have that convenience being at home mm, it sounds very peaceful i mean I, I could see you when you said i was in bed with a baby and got strawberries and orange juice like i can picture that happening yeah it was yeah it was so nice and i don't even think i'd make it to the hospital seeing how fast the birth was <laughs> Right, because yeah. so at eleven thirty you woke your husband up, yeah. and your baby was born at one eleven. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the midwife was there. Her and the assistant were there for about twenty minutes, I think, before he came. Um, they they didn't even have enough time to set up all the equipment and like all the stuff just in case, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Not that we didn't really didn't need anything. I didn't need any stitches. Um, I didn't need any, like, Pitocin to control bleeding, you know, that my placenta came out easily. Um, and then they cleaned up everything after the baby was born. So I was laying in bed with my husband, with the baby, um, and next thing I know, the birth tub's gone, and they had already drained all the, the water and taken care of that, which was just amazing. Yeah, super cool. Well, do you remember, Chantal, how long it took for the placenta to deliver? Um... I know it was close to half an hour because I know my midwife had a 30-minute rule. Um, and she was – I remember her saying to me, all right, like, let's – we got to start thinking about the placenta coming out, you know, and start working on that. Do you feel like it's, like, any contractions or anything? So she was asking me about that. Uh, so it must have been – it must have been a good 30 minutes. But that was – that flew by because I was still in the birth tub during that time. Mm. So but, did it, was it like you stood up and it came or did it? Require, no, I just, yeah. I, I ended up feeling like my contractions, you know, the placenta contractions kind of picking up. Um, and yeah, then it, then it came. So just right around after, I think she did, she, she might've tugged on the cord a little bit or massaged me, just something to kind of get it going a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but it wasn't too concerning. She just didn't want to hit that 30 minute mark and have to give me any Pitocin or anything to, to get it going. Right, right. Um, yeah. 
And, and then you get good. you get out of the tub, got into bed. How yeah. um how about breastfeeding and initiating that? How did that go? It was good. He was um he was a little slow at first to do that because he was um well what the midwife said a little bit in shock from having such a fast birth. So he kinda he kinda whined and and cried for like all morning just he wasn't sure what was happening uh and he didn't really want to breastfeed too much at first so it was kind of hard to get him to latch on uh we struggled for our first couple days uh but i remember my daughter had the same issues she just you know they're new and they have to learn as well and so he was um still kind of struggling figuring it out but he latched on after the next day i think it was the next day when he really got the good latch um, and now he breastfeeds great and, um, he's getting very chubby now. <laughs> You're doing a good job feeding. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I make good milk. You make good milk. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, and so, and how he's about three and a half months, you said, yeah. um, now how has that, then that's pretty much the, that fresh newborn period. He's now no longer a newborn. He's a baby. Yeah. How's that newborn period been for you? Oh, it was, it was busy and it's, uh, <laughs> so I, I always said that going to one baby was the hardest for me. Um, and to two was a breeze, but three is up there for being difficult because it's suddenly, it's been rocking my world having three kids that I have to take care of. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with having a toddler. My son actually just turned two a couple days ago. Um, so I'm trying to take care of a toddler who's still in diapers, who doesn't really talk much, uh, and, you know, still wants to be cuddled and loved and, you know, have all the attention a toddler needs, while also breastfeeding and taking care of a baby, and then also keeping my daughter's needs in mind. Um, and it's been, it's been a juggling act, so it's been hard a lot of days to try to take care of everybody and make sure everyone's needs are met, you know? Well, and make sure you get some sleep and some nutrition yeah. and all those things yep. to function. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so it's it's I've been learning, so it's gotten better. There's been really good days and really hard days, and most days are really just right in between. Um, and now we're in summer, so all the kids are home. My daughter's off school, and so we've been having fun doing stuff, but it's been hard running errands with all the kids. Um, luckily, my daughter... And she, being five, five and a half, she can do a lot of stuff herself, and which is nice. She's very helpful, um, and she loves her brother, so she'll go play with with the toddler, and, or or watch the baby for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, it's it's been it's been a learning experience. Well, and I don't think we talk about that much at all of how like you know adding kids to to your life how that changes it. Do you have any specific? things that have really worked for you, like tips or recommendations for listeners that might be in the same boat of adding another child to the house? Well, I always say baby wearing helps. Uh, just to give you, I did it with my son and I did it with this son too, uh, to just wear the baby so you can have hands free to help with the other ones. Uh, I try to involve the other kids as much as possible try to give them responsibilities. My, my toddler will throw away diapers for me or bring stuff to the laundry room. My daughter will watch the baby and play with him a little bit so I can go run to the kitchen to get the toddler something. Um, and I also, it, lots of pre-planning, tons of prepping. 
So this, if I know I'm going like to the pool with all the kids, I will pack hours in advance to make sure that I have it all and make sure I'm ready to do everything because there's always something that comes up. Um, but at least you have some of the stuff in your control and, um, and you're ready. Same with meal planning. Same with uh, making lunches the night before if you're going to go somewhere. I did lots of prep work, mo- way more than I had with the other kids. Uh, but it helps keep a little control in my life. Sure. Give you give you a little bit of structure. Yes. Too. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and those are all great recommendations, um, you know, Obviously, for whenever you add one child or the second child or the third child, mm-hmm. um, but even if you're having the first, the baby wearing or preparing stuff ahead of time can yeah. be, or having others prepare stuff for you. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I'd also say letting go, which is one of my hardest things to do, but <laughs> um, letting go of, you know, sometimes bedtime is not going to happen exactly at seven like you want. And the kids will be okay, and you'll be okay. Or like it, you might want to go on a walk, but everyone's crying. You know what? That just that happens, and it's frustrating. But it's you know it's okay to let go and realize that not everything's going to go exactly how you want it to go. That's just life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was there something about the home birth that was uh, that surprised you that you didn't quite? expect or was there you know what was the most wonderful part of it or was there something that was more difficult um I can't think of anything that was difficult that like well I wanted to make sure I had a lot of uh um plans in place in case there was any emergencies so I had to make sure to ask the midwife all right if this happens where would we go what would we do and so she made sure to outline you know if we need to if you need to transfer if the baby, something's wrong with the baby and we need to go, um, you know, she, we, we had some good plans, which was helpful. Um, but uh, the most wonderful thing was just not having to go anywhere. Mm. It's just, it's nice not having to leave a hospital with a baby or go to the hospital when you're in labor, um, or the birth center or anything, just driving in a car when you're either in labor or recovering. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was very nice. And I didn't, I didn't even go outside with the baby for about five days, I think. We like, except to go like in the backyard, just a few steps into the backyard to watch the kids. Uh, that was that was nice. And oh. it was nice. My, my husband was home and my mother-in-law, too, so they could help. That sounds like you had some lovely support to yes. make sure you could focus on even having three kids focus on your recovery and, you know, and bonding with your child and discovering the new one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm so glad you came back to tell us about this story because now we have your full journey, like from a cesarean all the way to home birth. Wow. I've almost had every, I haven't been induced. That's the only birth I I haven't had. Mm -hmm. I don't plan on, no more babies. (laughs) Somebody else will tell that story. Yeah, I won't be back on the show again. Uh, Chantal, thank you so, so much for being here today and sharing your story. Yeah, thank you for letting me share it. Absolutely. Do you have, and we mentioned spinning babies, um, any other resources for that you recommend for for mamas that are expecting and, and dads for expecting parents? Uh, well, there's a couple of new books I was reading um, during my pregnancy and after, just as some research as a doula. 
Um, the newest one I've got is the uh, Mama Natural uh, pregnancy book. Yeah, uh, and okay. and she was on the show. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I listened to that. Yeah, that that's a great book. I, I mean, I wasn't even pregnant when I got it, but I was reading it. It was, it was amazing. So I like to recommend that to everyone, um, especially if you want to have a natural birth or just to have a more natural pregnancy. Um, and... I think, man, I, I hardly prepared with this baby, so I don't even have many resources. Well, no, but that's a good one. That's a good one. Between yeah. that and spinning babies, that's a great yeah. place to, you know, start or add to your journey. And I will link to both of those in the show notes for sure. Awesome. Thank you so, so much again. It was lovely talking with you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Mighty Ones, I love to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts, and if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Go to birthful.com where you can learn more about me, the show, Patreon member benefits, send me messages, and more. I'm also on Facebook or Twitter as at birthful, so come say hi. And if you're pregnant, don't forget to check out my Thrive With Your Newborn postpartum preparation classes at birthfulcourses.com. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you, the Birthful Patreon supporters, and by the wonderful people at Aeroflow Breast Pumps. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin McLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Zabriskie. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another mighty mama about her birth story or stories here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>